You're listening to an episode of Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, the podcast dedicated to honest conversations with educators about what they do and, more importantly, who they are. I'm your host, John LeMay, and I'm here to highlight the complex and rich lives led by teachers with diverse interests, identities, and stories. Hello. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. My conversation this week is with Len Lieb, a math teacher and one of my colleagues at the Pennington School. Len talks about his transition into education as a second career and what led him to that career change. We discuss the role that love plays in his classroom and his approach as a teacher. And Len shares some of the ways he brings math to life and makes it engaging and accessible for his students. I think you'll really enjoy what Len has to say. He's as thoughtful as he is funny and intelligent, and I think that really comes through in our conversation. If you've been enjoying Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and please recommend it to a friend who might also enjoy it and tell them to check it out on their preferred streaming platform. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Len. Hey, Len, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So you are... Technically, I have had someone on the podcast who has taught math before. I I recently had a a former math teacher on the podcast, but you are the first current math teacher that I'm having on Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. So I don't want to put too much pressure on you. Pressure is this is awesome. This is this is this is tough. This is tough. Okay, sample size of one. We're not going to learn too much from that. We're not going to learn too much. (laughs) Yes, I know. As a as a status stat, I don't know if do you identify as a statistician. Uh, I, I, I would identify as a, stat, a statistics teacher is okay. how I would do it, though okay. I, I, I've definitely done professional, but I would call myself a statistics teacher. Okay, yep. so I will just try to like take that, that part off, off for a second, and we'll, okay. we'll see how good the sample size is. But, you know, it's interesting because it's important. What has been important to me since I've started the podcast is, like, having diversity in terms of, you know, like, gender, race, sexual orientation, all that kind of stuff, and also subject. As, a, as an English teacher, it's very easy for me to find other English teachers to talk to, um, but I've been very conscious of the fact that in terms of the, you know, the STEM aspect of things, I've been pretty underrepresented, so I'm happy to, happy to have you on the podcast for okay. that, among other reasons. Happy to happy to represent. Wonderful. Happy to represent. Okay, so to start things off, what I'm going to have you do is go back to the first day of school. By that, I mean your first day of full-time teaching, however you might identify that. Um, I'm curious about what you remember, the way that you felt, just like standout images from, from that time. Um, to, the, to the best of your ability, I realize that memory yeah, is, yeah, a, is yeah, a tough yeah, yeah. thing. But. Yeah, memory, memory you know, I, I'm a, I am a uh, second career teacher, so I, so I started teaching full-time when I was... 39. I, I turned 40 that year. Uh, so my mem- memories that far back are not great because they weren't they weren't as as formative. <laughs> and yet, right. So I get a hard time. But I can I can tell you the the that memory um, was this was like something I really wanted to do. I was very excited. Um, I remember I was I was part I was actually would become full time, but I was teaching part time in the school. I would be full time. Um, but I was also running my own business part time, and I, I brought my business cards to hand out to the kids. Oh, I thought wow. this was like I'm gonna like get some. Uh, I wasn't going for credibility. I was just like trying to like say, here's who I am and who sure, are you. Sure, sure. Um, and I, what I remember, I won't say the first day, but I remember like that first month. Like the two feelings that I do remember, one and and one was just how amazingly hard 
this was. I mean, I just... <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, I taught two classes. So this was part-time, and but I was also running my business. Two classes of Algebra 1. And, and, and I found that, like, harder than running my business and for a, a bunch of reasons. And, 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 right. Uh, and the second thought, which was connected to that, was I kept thinking, what don't you get? Right. What, what don't you get? To, what, to the students what, or to you? To the students. Oh, what gotcha. don't you get? Yeah. What don't you get? What do you know? Like, here, we just do this. Right. And, of course, I, I came to realize, and I think pretty early on, that that was the key question but with a little less judgment, a little like like that was the issue because yeah, you know, I was like a math whiz in high school. These yeah. kids were not math whizzes. Yeah, and oh, and I got to like, and then you know, and I was like, and I, I was my answer to that question quickly became, I can't hit a baseball with a baseball bat, and I can imagine <laughs> them saying, "Sure, Lee, what don't you get?" Yeah, it's not so that I hard. Yeah, it's not that hard. You just blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you just said. Right. And that's probably what it, what it looked like and felt to them. Right. And I was like, yeah, okay. I got to slow down and look at it through their eyes and their hearts and their heads and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I can absolutely identify with that. I mean, I, you know, on the other side of things, like I, I love English. I love literature. It's always been like among the most important things to me. And, and it especially that applies to me in terms of writing because I am a pretty good writer and it's just always come naturally to me and you know I, I think that I've definitely had people who have been very formative in my instruction about like what has made me a good writer but a lot of it just has been like sort of there's something in me that makes me a good writer so in right. terms of like trying to communicate that like unpack it for my students yeah, that is yeah. honestly the part that I have the hardest time with because right, you right. are you're communicating things and you think that they're so easy and they are easy to you but that's not right. the deal for a lot of other people. Right, right, right. right. And it's so easy just hey. to ask that question, like, hey, this isn't that hard, or what don't you get about this? But right. it turns out right. there's a lot like, they don't a, get. A lot, a lot I don't get about it. And, like, really, what do I get about it? How do I get there? And stuff like that. It was a, 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 and it continued. I mean, it's continued to be a challenge. It's continued yeah. to be a challenge to, like, see it through their eyes. Yeah. So you mentioned that there were several different things that you found to be really hard about it, even in comparison to running your own business. Well, first yeah. off, what, what was your business? So I was a, uh, I, I ran my, I had my own software company. I had a mm -hmm. small software company. We did uh, customized software. Um, I was, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a uh, software engineer. I'd been in, in large corporations for 10 years and I had my own small company for 10 years and then um, followed this dream. Uh, of becoming a teacher? To, to, to become a teacher. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and so I did that. Uh, and so the, the, the difficulty, you know, one of the things is in software, I mean, in any job, there's all sorts of difficulties, all sorts of difficulties. Sure. But it's like, you know, it's, it's me, it's my hand-picked group of people who I chose to work with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some ill-behaved software at times, but, you know, software behaves fairly the <laughs> way, you know, yeah. if you understand it, it should behave and usually it will. But here in the classroom, you know, it's a it's a collaboration. It's you know, and I'm you know, it's one of these things like I'm feeling I'm responsible, but you can't really own all that responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's you or some I don't know, thirty percent, forty percent. It's them. It's working through people. It's working through people who want to be there, don't want to be. Right. <laughs> it's all right. Of they that run the stuff, gamut. Yeah. You know, and you care more than they care. It's a very, you know, complicated thing, and. Uh, you know, expertise in a subject 
doesn't necessarily mean expertise in the classroom. And also, by the way, I was no expert. I was just good in math, but that doesn't yeah. even make me an expert sure, sure. in algebra because you know you're not you gotta you gotta be an expert in, in algebra as 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 is taught in the scene by these kids and yeah. stuff like that. So it's like you know I learned I learned a lot of algebra in that year or two also. <laughs> right, I mean, like, right. I was like they didn't teach this to me back then. <laughs> right. Like, like yeah, yeah. What are the um, was there any overlap in terms of like what you had to like the, any any overlap in terms of like the skills that you cultivated as a business owner that you translated to in a classroom or that that you you know could you well I yeah. guess yeah like what what in what ways is a running a classroom similar to running a business is well, I guess my I question mean, I think you know the, I mean the obvious thing is all it's you know it's it's relations with people yeah you know and just if the people are younger. So what? I mean, you know, it, it's it's about relations, uh, matters. It is, you know, there. Uh, look, being smart helps. Right. You know, <laughs> you know getting the stuff helps a lot. Um, those are like honestly, those are the big things. Because like the other things, you know, one of the one of the things that I do remember that was kind of precipitated my leaving, though obviously, like everything else, it's a complicated deal. Sure. But leaving my business behind was like, I'm at a client. I'm pretty sure it was in California. I'm leaving the client and I'm like running through all the current clients and all the potential businesses that I have. And I'm running through them and I'm counting them in units of how big the contract is for. Mm. And I'm adding it up and I'm realizing this has become my life. My life is now measured in dollars and cents. I mean, that was the unit. I didn't intend to, but there I was yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, eh, eh, you know, really, really? Is that, you know, yeah. is that really where I want to be? And so that was a very different piece of the stuff here. We don't, we really, you know, we measure ourselves in all sorts of ways, but they're, you know, it's really actually the way we honestly measure ourselves is really not, is, is, is much more qualitative than quantitative yeah. as, as educators. But, yeah. and, you know, uh, it's more, uh, it, it I don't want to say it's more fulfilling. I want to say it's a different kind of fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I do not want to at all dismerge what I did, but I yeah. want to say that it's a different kind of and fulfilling. And you, you measure fulfillment in a, in a different way. And yeah. And you get to feeling fulfilled in, in different ways. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was, there was, yeah, there was, there's definitely pieces of the old stuff that was fulfilling as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that's a, you know, that's a big difference. How you measure, are you doing your job well and stuff like that. And, and, and that's a realer thing. You know, what's, what's going on with these kids? What's yeah. going on with these yeah, kids? That makes sense. So how how long did it take you to feel like pretty comfortable in this new job and this new career? I mean, I I can't imagine that like at that point in your life. I don't know how how old were you if you don't mind me asking when so you started. I started no, I was I was I turned forty, I turned forty early on in that first that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did it take me comfortable? Well, I mean, I could answer. You know, I'm fifty seven now, so seventeen years <laughs> in counting is right. One, I mean, but it's not. I'm yeah. not lying. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rough day today, and sure. I'm like, well, me too, I, you know, me too, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like thinking, huh, this is not the best day to be talking to John. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, <laughs> the rain didn't help. Yeah, but oh, uh, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I was ever, you know, massively uncomfortable because yeah. you, you know, you, you, you come at it, you know, you know, I'm an adult, I have life experiences. Um, I think I. I, I get people, I got kids, I can, yeah. you know, do that. I was able to kind of be semi comfortable with stinking that first year. I mean one sure. of the one of the 
people might would become a good friend of mine. He was the assistant headmaster at the time. Said, "Here's how this is going to work. You're going to just suck your first year. <laughs> then you're going to suck your second year, but you're going to kind of know you suck, and then right. you're going to like start getting a little better." Yeah. And I felt I was like so ahead of the curve because I was like knowing I was sucking in my first year. Sure, so I was sure. like, look at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a year ahead. Right, I'm right, great. right. Take one, take one step out of the <laughs> yeah, process. Yeah, baby, baby. Yeah. Um, and I felt also, I mean, and this is like a being in the classroom, there's this chemistry that happens. And I, you know, to me, it's an important feeling that feeling of us, that feeling that there's a we in the classroom, there's that connection. Not just between you and individual kids, but you and the class, and that, or I mean, that the the us that is yeah. teacher and students, and that happened fairly quickly because I'm unassuming. I'm not trying, you know, whatever. I'm I'm authentic. I don't have to put on a lot of airs that I think new teachers typically have to do. Yeah, um, especially so, young yeah. teachers who like feel uh, that they have to like overcompensate for how close they are in age to the kids, and yeah, uh, yeah. I have so it is just you know so you know. Being an old white guy is just like <laughs> so great, sure. you know, because you just can't, it's it. You know, I didn't have the language back then, but it is so true. Yeah. I mean, it, it just comes with so much great privilege. You just like yeah. walking, and people say, "Well, he must know what he's doing," because like he, you know, he's right. Old and you're white like, and "Yeah, like let's that. go yeah. with that." I sure do. I'm like, sure. Yeah, let's let let let's go with it, and then like discover maybe maybe less so. But then the parents don't know, so like, sure, like, sure, you're fooling everyone at, at yeah. some at some point. So as long yeah. as you keep doing yeah, it, you know, I mean, yes, and I and I at least kind of understood and continue to understand that. We're, we all just muddle through life anyway. That's all we're doing. We're right. just muddling. Sure. And, you know, <laughs> right. We're okay. We're okay. We're yeah. okay. Well, on that note, um, I'm curious about the, the moment when you discovered that you, you really wanted to be a teacher. I know you said that it was like a, a dream of yours um, in, in some uh, sense before you actually started. But I'm curious about like that, that process and when you got to the point where you knew that you wanted to really shift careers. I mean, you, you mentioned it in terms of like that yeah. moment when you thought about the, the dollars and cents and the contracts. Yeah. Well, but... do, you want, do, do you want the whole story or how I mean... condensed the story do we want here? I'll, I'll try and give it to you the condensed story. Sure, sure. Which is not my specialty, <laughs> condensing stories. Um, I suspect, for, well, first of all, my mom, my mom was a lifetime teacher. She's assistant principal in the Bronx at, 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 by the end of her career in a, in a public high school in the Bronx. Um, my my dad would be a, um, a college professor as a second career. I mean, so that stuff kind of floated around in there. Um, and I, you know, I, I definitely have memories, even as a young kid, of just, you know, like that, you know, the admiration for, you know, Mr. Fiore, my high school math teacher and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. And kind of thinking that might be cool somehow. But then, you know, threw it away because, oh, I'm smart and I'm whatever. And, you know, I can do, you know, whatever. Yeah. So... And, and plus the other thing was, I mean, I really, I, I'm actually a creative person and eventually I would find my medium for creativity, my go-to medium for creativity is software, which was like, you know, and, and I really loved it and it was good and, and very rewarding, but that stuff was kind of gnawing at me. And 10 years in, I got into my head, I should become a college professor. Mm. And so I actually started a PhD program in information systems at NYU and did all of the coursework, but as I kept going and going, I got kind of disillusioned because all of the professors there were, um, they seemed to see their value to society was producing research papers. 
that I'm pretty sure almost no one read other than <laughs> other professors who would then cite them. And I'm thinking, this is kind of vicious. And they right. didn't seem to get that their real value was working with their grad students and stuff like that. Yeah, and those relationships. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, and I didn't understand that, you know, the PhD program was not about preparing to be a professor. It was about really preparing to be a researcher. Okay, that's fine. But, and I, I got it now, but that's not what I want to do. And plus, like, that area. So I was like, Okay, no, I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to do that. I just was like too motivation deficient to plow through the whole PhD. Right. So I even thought to myself then and there. So I'm like, you know, early 30s, maybe I'll become a high school math teacher. Which you know, from my you know upper middle class Jewish background with two educators, was still like, no, you shouldn't do that. You can do better. <laughs> I mean, that right. is exactly like the message I got from a bunch of people, uh, including ironically. Like going back and talking to high school principals where I lived, saying, You're not going to want to do this, you're not going to get respect, whatever, and stuff like that. And I was like, The whole world is telling me no. Sure. So I, I trashed it, whatever, went back, went independent, started my company. And then my kids, now I'm an adult, I have children, and my daughter as a, went to middle school in a private school. And I knew nothing of private schools whatsoever. Were you, and, were you a public school kid? I was a public school kid all the way through, Westchester yeah. County, New York. And I was like, wow, look at this. Look at the whole, I mean, I know what the right words were, but, you know, I can say now, like the sense of community, look at, look at all of this stuff and the less of the bureaucratic, you know, horrific picture that so many other people were painting. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that would be a place that I think I would really enjoy. And then the extra kind of fantasy that started developing my mind was like to actually be able to teach in a school where my kids went. Mm. And so with that in mind... I like, okay, maybe I could do this. And so I held off, tried to hoard, you know, tried to make as much money as I can because literally when I went from being an entrepreneur to this, I took, I'm one of the only people I know about this who voluntarily took a 90% cut in, <laughs> oh in, in, you know, what I would report on my right. my taxes and my actual take homes I and mean, all yeah. that stuff. And I could never have done, my wife is a pediatrician and she was very supportive sure, sure. emotionally and well as like willing to become the major breadwinner. So like, yay, Sue, thank you, Sue. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Shout out I Sue. Mean, like, how lucky is that? But like my wife was, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I can't, yeah. I mean, I think that's grounds for divorce in most families. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sounds good, Len, go do that. <laughs> right. It's like irreconcilable uh, differences. Then yeah, right below yeah, that, yeah. husband and wanted like, to become a teacher. Know, <laughs> totally screwed me over. What the hell yeah. are you doing? Uh, so that's what I, and I kept, you know, so that was always lurking, lurking, and then finding the situation that was there and then being able to do that. Um, and, and, and it was obviously rough in the beginning, but actually it turned out to be, you know, kind of like, it's actually one of those rare things. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm being authentic. Not that I haven't been, but, <laughs> sure. you know, you fantasize about something and it's rare that it's like, this is going to be as great as you imagine it's going to be. But yeah. I would really say, looking back, the whole experience has been as that's great as wonderful as i would have as i would have hoped for i mean really you know other than the pile of cash that's sure. you know, floating out there and <laughs> right unattainable but what now. could but have yeah. been yeah but yeah yeah but whatever yeah. whatever that's awesome i'm i'm glad to hear that i mean 
Yeah, because I'm sure it would be very easy to look back on so many aspects. Again, not not just to like focus on the money, because not even just that, but there's so many aspects yeah. of your schedule that I'm sure were really appealing, and there are elements of this job that, right. you know, once you're actually in it, you realize they are they can be uh, kind of a drag, and that's probably the case with any job, right? But it's it's yeah, you know yeah. it's always easy to focus on what could have been, or or in your case, what what was. You know, you have like right. this well, very obvious but, but thing I would you actually, can contrast with. My feeling about that actually is I feel I have this other advantage that teachers. Most, I think, and I haven't talked to that many because I think it's a sensitive subject, but I think a lot of teachers walk around with a little sense, I could have been more, sure. or I could have been different, Yeah. Um, and I gave up a lot to be a teacher, but you know what, I could have been certainly more financially secure or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, whether I intentionally made a sacrifice or I just, you know, slid into this thing, but you know what, I could have been. Yeah. And I don't walk around, I don't, I don't walk around with that. Yeah. I mean, I really feel... No, I I was, I did, yay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I honestly can tell you, it's for a while, and I could always go back to it. I don't, I could not go back to it now. Sure. I mean, the, the the technical world has changed a lot, but uh, yeah, I but I could, you know, I could, I could. There's pieces of I could go back. Well, and I wonder if there's some aspect of like you knowing that it's not all that it's cracked up to be in some sense. Like I think for right. for so many teachers, we have so much passion and so much dedication, and I think intelligence and you know, energy and you could find yourself thinking like, this is misplaced. Like I can put this somewhere else and I would be able to do so much with it and it would be so much more fulfilling. And uh, I mean, again, right, 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 right. right, right. And it's not like it's right or wrong, but it's just like, I, I don't, you know, I don't have the grass is greener thing. I don't have this mystery that I will just paint as this glorious thing. It's, 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 I know what that is. I know, I know, I know what the other me is doing in the other universes because yeah. I've done it. Yeah. So I've got to be two. I got to be two of me's where sure. often people end up being just one of one of yous and stuff yeah. like that. So well, like... we'll stay posted for the third, the third, <laughs> third iteration <laughs> in the trilogy. Um, well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, and based on my conversations with students who have who have had you or who have you, uh, it seems to be working out for them as well. So I guess that's always that's always a good thing as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's go back even further. Um, I'm curious about what you were like as a student, um, about what you were like as a, as a learner. Um, you can go back as far as you'd like, the, the place where it kind of makes sense to think about beginning your trajectory as a student. But I'm curious about that and also like what impact that has had on you as a, as a teacher, the way that you learned, the way that you were uh, in, in school. Um, yeah, so I have, I, certainly I would say, Totally unself-aware learner. I had like no idea. Um, I was a so you know the way I kind of one of the ways I just kind of put it is like my wife, we, my wife and I went to the same high school, and it was two hundred people in the high school, and she was our valedictorian. She's very smart, but worked so hard. So she was like on top of everything. You know? mm-hmm. She's you know she's yeah. that kid. She's yeah, that yeah. kid, and I keep I keep seeing her. In a lot of these kids there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wasn't even in the top 10% academically, but I had like the best combined SAT score. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm like one of the smartest kids there. And I, but I don't want to make it sound like I was like a ne'er-do-well, whatever. I mean, right, I was right, like, right. I don't, don't want to There wasn't that sense of like deliberateness. Thing. Yeah, though. yeah. But I was like, whatever. And, you know, and uh, I would sometimes do my homework a lot-ish maybe I would I would sometimes skip classes most time go to class I don't think I read many books I read a lot of uh what were we calling those then cliff notes I think is what uh, we yes. had them yep. back yep. then 
the yellow ones, the cliff notes were the yellow ones. Yeah, with the, the black stripes. The, yeah, 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 before the spark notes. I mean, I would become a reader in college. I mean, I think actually reading is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, didn't know it at the time. And I wasn't directed. I was just kind of living my life. I think I've much become... I've become much more anal. I've been much more directed and focused. I don't know why. I'm not sure it's really helpful. I'm not sure it would have been better. Um, You're like, where could where, was, where could this have been like back in the day, right? Right, right. No, but I'm like I'm like kind of missed the back of the day guy. I like that guy. I yeah. like that guy back in the day guy better, much better, much better. Because <laughs> he had no responsibility. I think I just have a lot more responsibilities. Sure. Um, I, but I was I was smart. I like I was a math kid. I liked math. I was like I was kind of like I was thinking about this. A, like a month ago, how like young me, high school me, was like thinking about how would you find the volume of a sphere? Yeah. And I kind of like started like thinking about this and coming up with a way that knowing what I know now was like kind of approximating some calculus approaches to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what I'm looking back at, I'm like, look at you go, like, yeah. look at you, like <laughs> thinking about these things, and you know, wasn't great. I mean, I, I'm look at, I didn't discover calculus or anything like sure. that. I'm not, I mean, like, I know lots of people smarter than me. I do not want to get too carried away, <laughs> but 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 I'm, if I had me as a student, I would really get kick a kick out of that. Like you know, it yeah. was not, it wasn't about the grades. It was about you know the thought process, the thinking, the doing that, but also having some fun along the way. But you know, I was like, I was not a wild kid or anything like that. Sure. Um, but that creates a problem in the classroom for me because I always keep feeling and I get in, I feel I should be more serious about homework. I should be more serious about showing your work well, like all the things that math teachers are supposed to be doing. And I, and I, and I, and I've gotten better and better about being more demanding on homework and, and stuff like that. And yet it hurts my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And I, and I don't know, I, I'm beyond, I don't know what's right. And I yeah. feel a little, you know, it's not suiting me, but I know it's not my goal as a teacher is to suit what I need. It's what they need. But yeah. uh, uh, I yeah. don't know. So it's a little source of agonizing about that. But I would say, you know, in general, I think the feeling I try even intentionally to do and certainly is like to be chill about things to like, you know, not to send the message. Let's not make this a great about grade. Let's make let's make this enjoyable. Let's yeah. not, you know, and I can remember, you know, being in trouble so like I'm not gonna get you in trouble and you know like you know all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I don't right. care. I'm like, like well, you know. You have other priorities, other things you want to focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy this process. Let's yeah. enjoy this thought process. Let's 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 do that. And so you know, in the end, I'm sure the real me gets modeled in the classroom. And I try to be a little more hard ass, but it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard, especially yeah, like when you do think about like what you were like as a as a student, right. and it's and it's great right. that you even do that because I think for so many of us, it's so easy to forget what we were like as students and like forget what it was actually like to be in school and to have to do these things and to have to adjust to all the different classes uh, and you know it, uh, it's it's and it's, and, I, and I would also go further and say I also know that like those kids, the kids who are like. You know, you're like, I'm like all over it. I'm responsible. I'm organized. I've got all the grades. I can do all this stuff. And I'm going to keep going and I'm going to go. That's not the guarantee to this amazing life you think you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the college you go to is so uncorrelated with what your life is going to be. And and all of these things that you somehow were secretly whispered into your ear without knowing who the heck was whispering is not really how the world works. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, again, because like look who I am. I'm like, well, I, I can walk away from that and do this. Like, yeah, life is richer than 
the kind of model that sort of gets presented yeah in high school or middle school or even well i'm not i don't think elementary school is that harmful but you know yeah yeah, we're the harmful ones yeah right (laughs) now did you have um did you have good relationships with your teachers you mentioned that you had like a sense of sort of respect and admiration for what they were doing yeah so um i i think some of them were really good but i think i think the things that stood out honestly was you know this is funny because i haven't really thought about this the things that stood out was the personalities, mm. the the accessibility. Um, I think that uh, now that you ask, I've never really thought about this. So, like Mr. Jackson, Mr. Jackson, who was our, I didn't think all that great, eleventh grade English teacher, mm-hmm. but I mean, I remember friends of mine would like get together with him and meet him again once once they were in college and i was thinking mm-hmm. look at that like look yeah. at that and and what and i think that became an influence like me because like a big thing for me and a real pleasure and a joy for me is having relationships with with kids that become uh mentor relationships that can also become outside the classroom relationships that just grow and become adult relationships. I mean, I just yeah, like absolutely had had di- went to dinner in a movie with a 30, 31 year old woman this weekend who is just, I mean, a week ago, uh, got her PhD in English, hmm. um, who was my student, yeah. you know, yeah. as a 14 year old. And like, yeah. those are so delicious. They're just yeah. so, yeah. They're so wonderful. I mean, they just yeah. they, they 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 are wonderful. So you know, I think that model, yeah, back then, uh, you know, helped me out. And you know, like you know, goofy things. I would say, Mister Mister Clancy would occasionally dress up, and I will occasionally dress up in the classroom <laughs> or something. And I'm like, I'm, I just remember feeling that was so cool and so special. Yeah. So like, yeah. go do that. That was right, right, right. What kind of stuff do you fun. dress up as? So it it it. it I used to do it so so now I'm like somehow good news bad news I'm teaching like AP classes to to 12th graders so occasionally I do do some stuff even with them mm-hmm. uh, like for instance like in st- AP statistics for when we're talking about chi square distributions I dress up as this uh, Orthodox Jew and do chi square and you know I do the whole thing as a Jewish rabbi and we, right, right. we talk about chi square and whatever it's very funny it's like eh, good. Um, but you know, I've, when I'm teaching like the lower levels, algebra two, I've got this like whole bunch of characters. I have Will Factor, who is a, the the first mate of a pirate ship. I have this hippie who does radicals. Right. (laughs) Uh, I've got this salesman. I've got, you know, this thing, I become historical characters. I've Uh been Al Karizmi. I've been Descartes. I mean, it's like a whole bunch of stuff that actually sort of lends itself a little better to the algebra to uh, to the lower levels or also maybe to those classes where i'm not feeling as pressured to like get to the end of a thing right yeah to teach you a test or anything like that yeah Yeah. but it's a but it's a loss every year i'm like i gotta go back to doing that even with these high-end classes yeah uh and yet somehow well that's not true i I do it but it's not as much as i used to yeah yeah you gotta remember to have fun in some ways or to do things that you know brought joy to people and made a difference yeah yeah shift the i mean energy. i mean totally totally this cl- i mean i i know it's supposed to be more about learning but i really do feel like it should be class should be a, a pleasurable experience yeah absolutely you know well then that that transitions i think pretty well to to my next question with uh which is 
how are we failing our students or what does it look like when we fail our students? Um, you can think about that either in a, in a macro sense, thinking about like the education system as a whole and different aspects of, of the education system or, or schools mm-hmm. um, in general, or you could, and, and or you could think about uh, what we as individual teachers do and what that looks like when we fail our students as individual teachers in individual classrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. So like at the individual level, when when I hear stories secondhand of you know teachers you know, who makes the classroom experience unsafe, you know, just I mean, and I don't think I don't want to get too carried away. I mean, I don't think it's like physically unsafe. I don't think mm-hmm. it's, um, but it's like becomes emotionally unsafe. Like I'm you know I'm being judged. I'm feeling stupid. You know, like, like I think when when t- teachers are doing things such that the kids feel stupid, and and it's just so. I guess it's easy to have it happen, but you have to be aware and really, you know, make that a safe place. Uh, you don't have to make them feel smart, um, yeah. but you know, it's too easy to once once a student feels that way, they're going to shut down. I mean, you know, we want, and then we'll cut, you know, we'll tell ourselves a story. No, they got to toughen up, but no, we got to be, yeah, empathic. Um, I, you know, I think in the schools, the two schools that I've taught, I think that generally speaking, the 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 Teachers connecting to students as mentors, as role models. I think a huge thing we do is role modeling. I think, you know, I mean, I, I would also say my teaching in a lot of ways is my, an extension of my parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for all of us, whether we're parents or not, I mean, parents, one of the most powerful things you do is role model. I mean, you know, right. we don't really teach and say, let's do this. You're like, you are, here's how an adult lives. Yeah. You know, watch me yeah. without watching me. We as, do, we as teachers, um, do that but i'm not i don't in my experience i think in in the aggregate i think we actually in the schools i've known i think we do a good job if i pull all the way lens back and i get really nerdy and i guess i want to carry back that burden of your stem guy let me like carry my stem thing <laughs> yeah. back here because i'm not i'm not sure i'm really living up to the, the, the <laughs> oh no no you're, doing, here. I'm like, you're great sorry here. this is everything i so, hoped it would be and more so a rant is this so this is my rant and i want to preface it with i'm a math guy I have taught AP calculus. I love calculus. Mm-hmm. But when we teach math, I think it's a very difficult thing. I think we teach math in these high schools because 20 years ago we taught math. And because and why do we do it 20 years ago? Because like we've been doing it since the Greeks. I think that we end up teaching a lot of stuff, but I'm not sure that what the body of what we choose to teach is necessarily really helpful in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, and, and so I'll specifically jump on the, we, we make too much of an emphasis of calculus in high school and college as if that's really a way, a useful <laughs> thing right. for our students and, and future citizens. So my, my rant would be, and I think we use calculus because it's just come to assemble. If you can understand calculus, then you must be yeah. smart in that way, whatever that way is. Right, right, right. And as somebody who's taught calculus but also teaches statistics, what the hell, world? Why yeah. aren't we teaching <laughs> you know, real-world statistics and, 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 and appreciation of data and learning to understand the story that data tells us and learning to communicate with statistics and be consumer statistics? And like... You know, anecdotally, my wife is a pediatrician. Tons of my friends, my best friends are, are physicians. So, like, if you want to go to medical school, you have to do calculus. And they all say, well, 
that was the last time I ever did calculus. Right. But no one ever taught me statistics, and yet, oh my gosh, I am awash in statistics. And you know, you know, this is an academic field typically, and whatever. I'm doing research. I'm doing research. I'm consuming, and and that's mimicked across the board and stuff yeah. like that. But we've just come to use calculus as a as a symbolic statement rather than it's useful. And I think we, um, you know, for if we're going to say basically every kid's got to take some higher level math, why can't we have them doing something that's useful to them, yeah. useful to the world and stuff like that? And then plug similarly coding right. <laughs> and computer science sure. as well. Yes, I'm biased. But, <laughs> You're allowed to be. I am as but well. But I'm allowed to be. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I, I'm obviously, I obviously love, well, here, can I keep ranting on a different side, but connecting yeah, to that? Yeah, please, please. So when I, I'm old, and when I was a, a still of the generation when you went to college to find yourself. Sure. Uh, I don't think that's happening as much anymore. I think you like have to go to college to like say, no, this is going to be my bridge into adulthood, and this mm-hmm. is going to be an opportunity for me to build some skills, and, and you know, I got that. I, I kind of, Wonder, I think that, uh, like in, in in the two independent schools that I know, are we um, holistically promoting and putting enough emphasis on the STEM side of the world? I mean, I you know I got you know I think it's yeah. all buzzy and all that stuff, but like mm, for reasons I think I understand, you know, leadership is almost always from the humanity side, not from the STEM side, and you know all that yeah. stuff. But like, I'm not sure. We're serving our kids well. I think that the exposure that they get at this formative age may not be correctly balanced. And again, I think you know, STEM is truly more than just the traditional set of algebra through calculus. And yeah. I think science is more than just chemistry, biology, and physics. Yeah, that, that really makes sense. And I think about it in, in terms of like how we are contextualizing it for our students because we have these classes that have all this great information like you know, calculus and statistics and all, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's a matter of also packaging it to students and recognizing that we're not selling it necessarily to people who already have this understanding of why math is important to them or how it's going to impact their life because they want to go to med school or be an engineer mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a matter of just like we want to make these nice, cool, sexy courses in the humanities, we also want to just package it in a way that demonstrates that it is important to everyone and has some sort of you know bearing on, on people's lives, mm-hmm. um, which I, I know that you're, I think that's something that you, just in, in talking with you and hearing about what you do in the classroom, that's something that you think is important. Um, and I, I think about this project that one of your students was telling me about in your AP stats class about... Um, thankfulness and sort of finding a way to like chart like the decline of thankfulness or, oh, or yeah, sort yeah, of how yeah, it's yeah, how yeah. it's born out you yeah. want to talk a little bit yeah. about that sure sure i mean so like uh, the the kind of meta behind that is i'm a big believer and i've grown over time like i teach ap statistics and ap statistics for me really is first of all it's the math class that kids never say when will i use this and that's like you know i mean that's it's always self-obvious to them and it's the class that i really do feel this is for everybody. So, I, yeah. you know, I mean, I, and I love that. And I love that, you know, you don't have to go off and become a statistician to really benefit from what we're going to talk about here. And it's also the class, you know, that we and everyone in this in our school is how can I be more student centered? Well, this is a class that just naturally is student centered because I just say I love this class to be basically about come up with your own research questions. Mm-hmm. 
figure out how to um, systematically and uh, you know in an unbiased, authentic way gather some samples, and then let's try to address these research questions. And then I just model it, stuff like that. So, for instance, since we're early in the year, but I just I just dive them right in. We're building our way to pretty much next week um, doing a let's go down to the Pennington archives and investigate yearbooks to answer a few questions. I'm going to propose one question, and then you guys come up with your own questions. Mm -hmm. And my research question is one. Uh, okay, now here's like it's a little embarrassing, but I'm just <laughs> like, you know, admit to everybody, here's one of the things that I'm pretty sure teachers and students do. At the end of the year, you get your yearbook, you grab your yearbook, and you run through to see how many times have I been mentioned. I mean, this is this is all yeah. the... Certainly, the narcissistic ones like <laughs> me do that, but I think even, no, even I think the I can emotionally well mature people do that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think the students do that. And so, like the notable thing, all the, all of my colleagues and we've been noticing, like over the years, and I've been now teaching for you know seventeen years. It just seems that gratitude, you know, actually writing messages of gratitude, thank yous, um, to to friends, to teachers, is you know obviously where, we're, where I'm focused has been in the decline. I mean, just like on, on on senior pages where they have control. I was, you know, uh, uh, look, you know, over the years, that's been in decline. And so, you know, all right, we're going to go there. And my research question is, is there evidence that there was more, you know, uh, quantifiable measures of teacher, you know, gratitude towards teach for, to, for teachers 20 years ago versus within the last 10 years. And we're yeah. going to go there, systematically do this, and see if we can, you know, figure out a way to approach this as serious social scientists. And I love it. And I just love it because, like, here we are. Yeah. And, like, and my message to all of them is that I, I, mean, I can go on and on about all the really cool questions over the years so many kids have come up with. And, you know, most of them are in the social sciences. Like, you know, just start. And yeah. they all come up with a thing. Are these two things related? So, like, is time related with gratitude? Have we seen this thing? And I'm like, yeah. I'm rooting to find it, and we'll go publish and stuff like that. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, and, and you're, like you said, it, it tells a story in a sense. Like these statistics right. and these numbers tell a story. Right, right. And, and and what I also love to say is, you know, so like in the in the in the humanities classrooms, we could address this by sitting around the table and having <laughs> these discussions. And my answer is that's lovely, but let's <laughs> go and get the data. Yeah, yeah. And see the what the data. And then I say, but when the data tells us something phenomenal, we don't know why. So then we want to discuss it some more and yeah. figure out the why and then turn it around and maybe get some new data to kind of support or, you know, refute what our suspicions on the why are. But let's yeah. integrate the quantitative with this kind of you know, artsy fartsy fuzzy kind of thinking and stuff like that. <laughs> right, the kind of stuff that I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. It, it's great, and I love the idea of like using it to like, yeah, like you said, like tell a story or chart some sort of like narrative that's going on, like whatever in society or in certain aspects of society. I think that's yeah, yeah, right, super right, right, super cool. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, is there? You know, do do we see evidence that teachers of color? in the Pennington school tend to be humanities teachers rather than STEM teachers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we can just say, yeah, anecdotally, I see it, but okay, but we have like a vast source of data. Let's go out there and look and like, yeah, what is the data telling us and stuff like that? Yeah. That's awesome. Super cool. Um, so as we move close to the end of our conversation, um, I'd love to hear from you about something that you repeatedly tell yourself about teaching or some large takeaway that you have I've kind of stumbled into um, throughout your years as a, as an educator. Another way you can think about this is 
maybe something that you would communicate, like a the, the an essential takeaway that you would communicate to a new teacher or or someone who's looking for some sort of like advice, I guess. Um, I'm curious yeah. about what, what comes to mind for you. Yeah, okay. Um, so a lot of things. I'm, you know, talking to new teachers. Um, so, I mean, a lot of it is, first of all, is just being nice to yourself. I think being nice to yourself. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've learned, I've learned and used today the phrase, well, that sucked. And, <laughs> And, and to not beat myself up, to yeah. just, you know, be able to look at it. You know, I think you want to be able to be aware of what's going on in the classroom uh, or, you know, which is hard for me. Oh, my God. I mean, actually, it's naturally good on one level, but other levels, I'm like so clueless. I'm like, I don't know. What that <laughs> um, and when you're feeling things aren't going well, which is often. Yeah. To, to not beat yourself up too much, to understand. Uh, like, here was a wonderful piece of advice given to me very early on, which is. Even if you're just caring, your caring is one of the biggest messages you're sending to the kids. And I'm not just talking about caring them personally. Just caring what goes on. Yeah, yeah. Matters. And and you will. And the end, you know, and so be nice to yourself, to, you know, if, you, if it's a new, if you're new. Um, I mean, obviously, you have to engage them and all that stuff. And, you know, you guess what? You do actually, you do get better. Uh, you can get better. And, and I would also say it's it's important. I think it's important to kind of really reconcile. I think this is a real math teacher thing. This is like a secret. Let me just like, here's a secret math teacher thing. <laughs> to, to kind of be able to really reconcile why am I doing this? Is this, does it, why does this matter? And yeah. I, I got to tell you, honestly, I think this is a much easier thing for an English teacher to do or a history teacher to do or language. I really do. I think... You know, I think we all understand, like, you know, the when the kid says, when learning about, you know, cozy cans, when will I ever use this again? Mm-hmm. That's a tough question because most math teachers kind of honestly know. No, no one yeah. really, you yeah. know, very, very few people care about cozy cans. And yet you should be able to kind of authentically answer that in, in that in a way for yourself that that is somewhat uplifting and somewhat connective and and because then then it'll be good for you but it'll also flow out into the classroom and stuff like that versus like i'm just marching you through this prescribed stuff and i know how to do it so you have to learn how to do it that's a little soul sucking and stuff like that yeah well and it, it allows you to be able to answer those questions like those practical questions that will inevitably come up about like why are we doing this or what how will i use this but it also it has to in some way translate to a sense of confidence and empowerment and a sense of like passion and knowing that like yeah there's there's value to this and i and i know what that value is or some aspect of what that value is even though i might discover other aspects and also the other thing is when you're getting the question why am i doing this there's a lot packed into that question you know you you know there's a lot packed into that question and it's the simple answer is not because engineers use this and stuff like that and and often they're also telling you a lot more than I don't think this is useful. I think they're telling you I'm feeling inadequate. I don't get this. I'm trying yeah, to yeah, you know, yeah. cover that up. I'm trying to do this. This is uncomfortable, whatever. And you can't, you can't not hear that. You may not, I know, but back to also that sucked. You may not be able to solve it or fix it, but you got to sure. at least hear that. You yeah. got to hear it. Yeah. That yeah. question of why do I have to do this or why are you making me do this might be more like, why do I have to do this today? Or why are you making me do this when I would rather be doing something else because of right. any you know number of number of reasons? So yeah. you're right, there is a lot packed in there. 
Um, so as we move into the very final stage of, uh, of our conversation, what I'm gonna do is offer you a, a challenge if you are feeling up for a challenge at this, this moment in time. Yeah, let's oh, go for it. Wonderful. So what I'm gonna have you do is describe- Do I need a calculator? You don't need a calculator, you don't need an abacus, you don't need anything okay. like that. Um, no okay. pencil or paper. Um, okay. It's gonna be this, this talking thing that, you're, that we do over, uh, over in the humanities, uh, just sort of pontificating and, and, and soul searching. So, okay. yeah. Um, so what I'm gonna have you do is capture your essence as an educator or sort of think about pitching yourself as an educator or something like that um, to the best of your ability in 30 seconds. So capturing your essence as an educator in 30 seconds. Um, I have a timer. I will throw 30 seconds on the clock and just whatever comes to mind, um, I will show you the time and I will let you know when you have 10 seconds left. Um, but all I'm looking for is just for you to capture your essence whatever that means to you in 30 seconds. Sound good? Sure. Okay, all right. Well, I will, uh, if you are ready, I will count you in. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so I think that I, as an educator, first of all, I enjoy this stuff. I enjoy what I teach. I think this stuff is fun. I think this stuff is interesting. I think that the, that my interest should be uh, spread through the classroom. Ten seconds. I think that my classrooms should be a sense of an us feeling. There should be love in the classroom. I mean, I gotta tell you, honestly, there should be love in the classroom. Uh, Perfect. Time's up. Perfect. That's okay. great. Awesome. Now, what I'm gonna have you do, the second round of this, is I'm gonna have you do that again. Um, but this time, I'm gonna have you capture your essence as an educator to the best of your ability in 10 seconds. In 10 <laughs> seconds. Okay. Okay, great. I've got 10 seconds on the clock, and I will count you in. In three, two, one, go. Create a classroom that's interesting, fun, exciting, and feels like love, that there's love in that classroom. Great. Now for the final round, what I'm going to have you do is just capture your essence as an educator using just one single word. I think we know what it's going to be. What is it? Love. Love. <laughs> that was, that was going to be my guess. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it is true. That is true. I mean, it's love. It's love. It's love for the subject. It's love for the kids. It's love for what. It's love for that process of what we do. It's love for what happens in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a that's a great way to end it. Well, thank you so much, Len. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Um, you have represented your your math your math. Uh, folks very well um i think we will have other math people on the podcast after this this, Go was, for a, it. this was a trial run but i think that uh <laughs> i think that they're <laughs> they're they're worthy of our time and attention yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> I, I i very much believe that i don't i don't do enough uh thinking about what goes on in that side of the yeah, of the education yeah, system whatever, and yeah, ways <laughs> ways that it can actually be like fun yeah, and enjoyable yeah, yeah, um, which yeah, is stupid cozy because can, cozy can. what yeah, the hell can yeah. they be doing with a cozy which is dumb because i i actually really i tell my kids all the time i was actually pretty good at math in high school like i was a mathlete and like i had a good time in my math classes so go, i should yeah, i should yeah. definitely do do more of that so wonderful well thank you again lynn i really appreciate it oh thank you very much i've really enjoyed it awesome all right take care My thanks to Len for speaking with me and being so generous with his time. 
Once again, if you enjoyed our conversation, please leave us a rating and review and tell a friend about Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. This podcast was created and hosted by me, John LeMay. Our associate producer is Emily Mulder. Our cover art is by Katie Cooper. And our theme music is You Need a Visa by Really From. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next Thursday for another episode featuring another teacher and another story.